0: Get it all from the network made for streaming, the Xfinity 10G Network. Join
1: Macy's and Girls Inc. to empower a new generation of leaders now during Women's
0: History Month. Throughout March, you can help fund STEM and college and career readiness programming for girls when you donate online to Girls Inc. Or round up your purchase. Plus, shop women-owned and founded brands like Kaylee Cosmetics, Cosmetics, New face and better not younger. Learn more and celebrate
1: the creative power of women now and all year round at
0: macy's.com/purpose. The bells are getting
1: back and we have a podcast
0: part of that success is being open books i think it would be amazing to do a comeback it's so good though (laughs) Mm -hmm. like this is so good like i want to do this all the time now
2: and now coming to the mic nikki and brie bella this is the bella's podcast
0: What up, everyone? Welcome back to the Bellas Podcast. Bree. I'm disappointed in you because even though we are millions, well, not millions of miles away, hundreds of miles away. That's right. You didn't even like... Millions of minutes away. How about that? Ooh, I don't even know if that's a thing. You didn't even like deliver champagne to me for this. I mean, there was no drink. I was expecting maybe a knock on the door from Garcon and having a drink. So I'm just going to have my coffee because it's early in the morning. Well, mama's over here trying to get into shape for the Royal Rumble. What? So no alcohol for this month. Can you believe they announced it? So everyone, if you don't know, you're going to know now. Brie and I are officially entering the 2022 Women's Royal Rumble. So it's going to be at the (laughs) end of the month, Saturday. From St. Louis Stadium, which how amazing, where the Rams used to play. We're going to go in there and kick some butt. Bell Army, we want to see you guys there. Yeah. So, I mean, Brie, One, I was shocked that they announced it because usually these are surprises. Um, but I understand marketing-wise. Yeah. I mean... So, business wise makes sense, right? Because now totally. we're going to get the whole Bella
1: army there. Well, selfishly, um, that's
0: why I was happy about it because no, no one would have ever expected you and I to be in the Royal Rumble. And so it makes me very happy that now the Bella army knows so they can go.
1: Yeah. And it's always fun to have surprises, which my guess is there's still going to be surprises. Oh, I have no idea, but I'm sure. But also, you know, it's funny because we kept telling this because we were, you know, like, is it a comeback? The greatest thing about WWE and big pay-per-views like the Royal Rumble is you can come back for one great night and have fun and um when i saw that lita's in it even summer Rae, i missed that i'm so w- excited
0: for summer i can't we wait to see, see summer ray i
1: know i just there's a lot of like that's what the royal rumble does it's just it brings together all these different generations of women and men to meet in the ring for one big night. And that's why it's right. important to go to the Royal rumble. Cause you might not see a lot of our faces again for a really long time. Um, so, or you might for the tag titles. So, or you, you might know. too. I mean, Hey, this is the thing with the bellas. Everyone's always like breeze retired, like 20 times. I'm like, I know I can't help myself. I always want to go back. So in the world of know. wrestling,
0: it's different in the world of just any professional sport. People always make comebacks, but what's beautiful about WWE is that we can make comebacks as many times as we want, as long as our bodies let us and doctors, because I officially got cleared. Yeah. I think everyone remembers from total Bellas when we had the first ever women's Royal rumble, there was a lot of rules on me. So those are the same, but um, when we were all in Phoenix, I wasn't allowed to tell you guys when we all went there to do spend a holiday weekend, um, I went in and saw my surgeon, my doctor, Dr. Rebe. And you know what I have to say? His staff and him are just amazing. So you all know, they opened up the clinic for me. Everyone was headed out for the holidays, like, cause it literally was a few days before Christmas Eve. People came in and met me, what was it? 7 a.m., right? 7 a.m., because they all were flying out later that day. They came in, they scanned me. Cause I did MRI. I did scans on my brain, my neck, X-ray, and everything you could think of they did to make sure, right? And then we went into Dr. Rebe's office and all these people came in just for me and it made me feel so special. And then it also, I was like manifesting mm-hmm. huge, like, please also let this be a clearance because I feel bad if all these people came in and then it was a big No. And it was an amazing day. I know. And I wanted to share with everyone and it's been a secret and, um, and I'm kind of actually excited that we get to talk about it now instead of waiting for the end of the month, but it just feels good to know, you know, miracles can happen. Totally. And I'm really
1: bad at showcasing my workouts because my workouts is always a time where I can just mentally escape from everything. And I'm a Don't runner. Get yesterday. IG
0: FOMO. You're good girl.
1: No, no. What I'm saying is now <laughs> I can actually, I have a reason kind of to show my workouts to show everyone like, you know, like how I do it. it. I'll just be like, okay, even though I did this before, you know, getting the call about the rumble, but I was like, you know what, now I should start to showcase my workouts. I agree. Well,
0: you know, I was like, right before the holidays, I was getting really strong. And then I kind of got a little bad during the holidays. You and I always, we always do this. And then when I get this call and now I know it's a a, yes. I'm like, can I get strong in three weeks? Which you can't muscle has memory and I'm just going to get there. But it wasn't even about looking ripped. It's about just being strong within. Like I need to make sure these quads can pick up girls again and throw them over the top rope and like, Brie, I don't know about you, but I'm going in to win. Like I've had unfinished business with Charlotte. So why, why wouldn't I want to go back there? And then why, I've can never I just had something? business with Becky and I would love it. And then there's the tag titles because I would yeah. kind of like to be the first ever winner of the Royal rumble to kind of give the middle finger to both champions to go. I want the tag titles. Like how badass would that be? Would I not just be the coolest person to go down in history? That would be cool. And you know what else? I feel like I'd have a little Stone Cold Steve Austin to me ask. You know what I mean? That's
1: true. And I feel like the last Royal Rumble, and the only one I've been in, the first ever Women's Royal Rumble, the way I was taken out wasn't very nice.
0: I don't even remember. Who did it? Oh, you it. don't?
1: Because it was you.
0: <laughs> and um. so you better watch your back too, girl. Oh, I know. I've already had these moments of like, I feel like, Brie, knowing that who knows if we would have another night, right? No one knows. We don't know. No one knows. That's what I love about WWE. We really don't know till we get there, right? We, we don't, don't know anything. We don't it's know our destiny. Amazing. It's the greatest thing I love Vince it. does. But I've already had thoughts in my head like, is she working behind my back to like just get this payback moment because of Summer Slam with Stephanie McMahon and then the first ever Royal Rumble? Oh, there's been the a women. lot of moments. There's, I
1: mean, also in our career when you made me your bitch. Well, I feel like I too lost the
0: fan. I mean, I Hell loved when you were my assistant, and we I and didn't they love just that. stopped it. I loved it. It was I so hated it. But I feel like you and the a lot of the fans are waiting for this Brie mode moment to get me back. Oh girl,
1: it could come. We'll see. I've been talking to Brian
0: about stuff.
1: Oh my gosh. Yesterday he he and I were,
0: yeah, yesterday Brian and I were working. Bertie. Bertie's like a distraction comes out under the ring. (laughs) Maybe.
1: But Brian and I yesterday were working on some stuff and I have some stuff in my back pocket for you, Uh, girl. So
0: Artem and I were working on some stuff. So if you see a Ronde with a turn and a turn, That's just going to sound like you said with a turd and turd, but Hey, if I got a turd in the ring for a distraction, <laughs> shoot, I'll do it. If that means I win ew, that word, by the way, it's so gross. That's
1: awful. But you know, Nicole, I have to tell you, speaking about the Royal rumble, it's kind of one of those pay-per-views where it was always about the men's Royal rumble. But now the fact that the women have their own Royal rumble, it just shows how hard women fought in WWE for stuff like that, which is great because our next guest, how hard she fought in her own sport but um, it just couldn't have been better timing as talking about the rumble and then having our next guest on.
0: I agree. I mean, we said that, you know, this year we really wanted to bring on these powerful women. And so to have Lindsay Vaughn on is amazing. And I have to say what I really loved about reading her book. I just, sometimes you don't realize how much you relate to someone. And I think I feel like we've had such the same journey in different ways, being in male dominated industries, fighting to be feminine and strong. People feeling like we had to apologize for who we are and being diehard Mia Hamm fans and how she inspired us. But you never, it, this is why I like when people write memoirs is you never really truly know someone's story, someone's journey, but how much you can connect with that person and even learn from them. Like made me love her even more. And I love when people
1: are really honest and authentic to themselves, because I mm-hmm. feel like when you're really open about your life story, it yeah. really does touch a lot of people and it helps people. And right. I I thought her book was fantastic. It took me only two days to read. I was so into it. And um, really, this woman needs no introduction, but we're going to give her one. Mm-hmm. But she is an Olympic gold medalist. She's a world champion skier. She has broken so many barriers, and she's that name in all of your households that when you hear this woman's name, you're like, ooh, that is a beautiful badass. Yes, she is, and she is coming out with her own book, Rise, My Story. Coming up next, Lindsay Vaughn.
0: Sabor by Texas Pete adds authentic Mexican flavor.
1: Yum. And their dust dry seasoning matches the flavor of the original
0: hot sauce in a flavorful dry rub. Mm, It's just making my mouth water thinking about it. I mean, I'm always reaching for the Texas Pete. I think we put it on our breakfast,
1: lunch and dinner. We really do. We actually even sneak hot sauce in our purses. So if restaurants don't have hot sauce, we put it on. Texas Pete goes with me everywhere I
0: go. Texas Pete, sauce like you mean it. Visit texaspeete.com and use the store locator to find Texas Pete products, as well as purchase sauces and get recipe inspiration.
1: And use the promo code podcast24 for 20% off at texaspeete.com. Brian and I tried Factor Meals and they are so popular with us. And let me tell you why. Eating better is easy with Factors delicious ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just 2 minutes. There's over 35 different options to choose from every week, including calorie smart, protein plus and keto. There are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day. Get started today and get after your goals. Fuel up fast with Factors restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. No prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. You can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. I love how these Factor meals are so quick and easy to make. In the Danielson household, the Factor meals are very popular. Let's just say my husband tried one, and now I feel like I have to protect all my other meals before he goes through them. But he and I love the fact that they're so easy to make. You know exactly what you're eating. They're healthy. You know the calorie intake. And there is no mess. Because when you have two kids and two dogs, there's always messes. So the fact that a meal doesn't have to be messy. Thank you. Head to factormeals.com twins50 and use code twins50 to get 50% off. That's code TWINS50 at factormeals.com slash TWINS50 to get 50% off.
0: plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com
1: slash twins.
0: Thrivemarket.com slash twins. Well,
1: Lindsay, we are so excited to have you on our podcast. Um, you are just one of those names that stands out when it comes to women in sports and just breaking barriers. And Nikki Mm -hmm. and I were always so inspired by women like you. So to have you on our podcast is such an honor. Thank you. I'm just trying to keep up with you guys. I absolutely loved your book, Rise. Um, I just finished it a couple nights ago. And there's just so many powerful things you say in there. And just from how hard you worked to being an Olympian athlete to a world champion, but also it's the way that you took what you did as an elite athlete and put it into personal situations. And there's this quote that really stood out to me that I want to say, and then kind of get your perspective on it after. But, um, I literally, after I read this, I put the book down and I was like, Whoa. And I looked at my husband. I'm like, you have to read this. Cause as an Amazing both book. of us as athletes in our career and knowing retirement, we were just like, we have not heard something like this, but it w- it's. I'm going to read it so our listeners know it, and then I would love your perspective. But it's in your last race, and what you said to a reporter, and you said, "I'm going to keep this one with the gold medals because you had just won the bronze in Sweden, and you said, and I meant it. The bronze is gold to me. It's not perfect. It's not winning, but it's success. Success that I found in places I wasn't looking, in my crashes, in my injuries, in my setbacks." And in the lives of people who cared about me most from the beginning, winning was the ultimate goal, but it took that bronze to show me what success meant. It meant losing, losing your hopes and goals so you can find new ones, losing your confidence and your strength so you can find them again, being broken down again and again. So you can find the courage to keep getting back up. I mean, man, <laughs> The fact that you had that type of perspective at the end of your career, what would you have told your 20 year old self when you started to make so much noise in the skiing world? What would you have told yourself with that type of perspective, ending your career to the beginning of your career?
3: I mean, I think I could have said a lot of things, but I don't think I would have truly understood it. You know, I really think that you have to actually physically go through a lot of these things in life to be act, actually to understand it. You know, it's like your parents can tell you a million times, don't do this, but until you actually do it and you, you, you know, get hurt or you you fail at something, you're like, wow, my parents were right. So I don't think I would, you know, change what I did or I couldn't give myself advice You know, those lessons were were critical in my personal growth, not just in my career, but, but really as a person. And it, it made me who I am. So I don't, I don't regret it. And I, I, again, I feel like it made me, um, the person I am today.
0: It's so true. Cause I feel like, you know, when I get asked that question, it's like, I'm the woman I am today because of everything I went through. Like there's so much that has made this person. And if I knew what I knew now, I wouldn't have become this person. It would have been too easy. And it's like, we needed to have those barriers to break and reading your book. I connected with you so much because we come from these male dominated industries and we both are massive Mia Hamm fans. And I think cause we're the same age, she inspired Brie and I so much too. It was like, that was the female like role model. And we were soccer players at mm-hmm. the time. And what she would do against Michael Jordan, I was like, this is the woman I want to be like when I'm older, um, but such a badass. And I just love the, what you hit on so much was about being feminine and how people just made that feel like it was so wrong. In our industry, it was like, oh, they're just divas. They're not wrestlers. They wear makeup. They want to look pretty. It's like, I'm a woman and I could kick ass and look pretty. And everything you said in your book was just so beautiful with that. How was, how was that journey on trying to fight that part of you staying feminine?
3: I mean, I honestly have always embraced you know, who I am and mm-hmm. I am, it's just been frustrating to, you know, get the responses from people that I did. I don't think it ever changed my decision-making and it didn't make me not wear makeup. You know, so many people would comment and make fun of me. And I'm like, it's, You know, you can do that all day long, but I'm I'm still me, and I'm still doing what I want to do, and and so you know, I mean, yeah, was it frustrating? Yeah, but I, to your point, I think we can be strong and feminine at the same time, and I've always felt that way, and you know, by the end of my career, pretty much everyone on tour is wearing makeup, so you know, yeah, (laughs) I don't mind these trends that are you inspired, yeah, so many. Girl, your eyeliner was always on
1: point, I have to say. Yes. You always had it on point. You know, for our listeners, you know, uh, uh, people go through a lot of hard times where they just sometimes think like, I just can't keep going. And you were really open about that in your book, whether it was your crashes or anything in your personal life or whatever it was, maybe not being on, you know, winning a gold. What would you tell our listeners how to keep going? How to kind of break through those times that feel so tough that you want to get up? What would you say to them to get back up?
3: I mean, when I had the hardest times, I really focused on what I wanted to get out of bed for, which was getting back on the mountain. And it wasn't about competing, you know, it wasn't about winning. It was really, I just wanted to be on the mountain and be able to do what I loved again. So I think it's finding, you know, what you're truly passionate about and what drives you. And, you know, I think sometimes it takes those hard moments to really dig down deep and figure out what that actually is. You know, what do I really want in life? You know, who am I and what drives me? And those are really important questions that, you know, when things going really well, you might not ask yourself. So again, like those hard times can be really the best times because it can be very reflective and informative and, and, you know, really guide the way for your future.
0: Totally. Did you ever have moments where you just wanted to give up? Like, you're like, I just can't handle this or do this.
3: I mean, I, I really only had, you know, one once when I was, I think it was 17 or 18 and I didn't finish like pretty much every race in a season. Um, and you know, my dad's like, you either need to shit or get off the pot, you know, figure out what you want to do. And I'm like, okay. You know, I, I really, I had to think about it. You know, do I really believe that I can do this? Can I, You know I, I can't just sit here 30 places every time, you know, it's not where I want to be heading with my life. And And so I bought money that I didn't have. I, I hired a trainer and I turned everything around and I got my first podium the next season. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I definitely had moments where it was down, but again, it was like really reflective. What do I, what do I want? You know, is this, is this really the direction that I, that I, that I want to be going and am I working as hard as I can to get to where I want to go? And the answer at that point was no, you know, I worked really hard on the mountain, but I didn't work hard off the mountain. I thought I was, but I wasn't. And so that, that it took that moment for me to realize that and and change the course of my career.
0: Yeah. And I think that's so good for people to know, because I feel like sometimes it's in those moments where we feel we have failed, that it takes a certain person to look at that and be like, all of a sudden you just find it in you. And you're like, you know, and I'm, I'm changing this. And that's like anything in life, whether it's business, parenting, sports and, and you just, you succeed in your own way and you thrive. And I feel like that's so good for people to know and hear. Cause I feel like sometimes they look at people in the spotlight and they're like, well, they had it easy or or they were able to get there. They have this God-given talent, but you do have to, you get that fire in the moment of being at your worst and you become the best. And I mean, when I look at you, you're more than just an athlete, like you're you're an icon. You've become, I mean, you're in pop culture. Oh, yes, You're everywhere. So Good. what's next for you? Because you've done so much. And I mean, you have so much more to give. So what's next?
3: It's to a really toot my horn here. I don't
0: know. <laughs> 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 you're, you impress us. You're very, very you impressive woman. I mean, what you've done for women um, and what you continue to do. And you know what I really like about your unapologetically you and it's refreshing. Yes. <laughs> you know, There's a lot of fakes in this world, but you're just oh, the man. real deal. And I, I appreciate right. that. Well,
1: Thank- and you've always kind of stood, stood, which I mean, I always knew like Lindsey Vaughn's very honest, like she will tell you how it is. And I love that you are that role model for that because I feel like, especially in entertainment and in sports, everyone feels like when they get in an interview, it's like, okay, like I need to be politically like correct. I need to be so yeah. many things, but you really stand to like, use your voice, say what you feel and don't be sorry
3: about it. And I love that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, thank you. I, I, I am, I have, I've always tried to be authentic to myself and, and, um, I think, you know, I definitely ruffled a lot of feathers, but you know, that's why I am in the position that I'm in. And I've always, you know, tried to look at things differently, you know, uh, you don't have to do things the way everyone else does them. You know, you can pave your own path. And, you know, when I was skiing, skiing is not uh, a lucrative sport. Like it's probably one of the lower paid sports, but, you know, I really worked hard off the mountain to create, you know, the brand and, you know, all of the opportunities that I wanted to have. And I'm, I'm lucky because all of that work, you know, it's obviously paid off, but, but also now in this next chapter, you know, I've made so many great friendships and I, and I know so many CEOs and so many people that have been kind enough to guide me and give me advice. And, you know, I'm in venture capital. Now I'm advising two funds. I'm an investor and ambassador and, you know, many companies and um, I've got my own ski line and just all of, you know, all of that hard work has, has all kind of led to the place that I'm in now. And, I'm just so thankful for these opportunities but um I'm also psyched because you know it's that's just the product of hard work. Totally. Oh gosh, An overall sure.
0: badass boss bitch. Yes. <laughs> 100.
1: <laughs> well, and I have to say, you know, it was really great in your book when you opened up and I feel like now just with the pandemic, with depression and um mm-hmm. just how you deal with it. It was funny because when I was reading and you said I find my most peace and calmness when I'm going 80 miles per hour down the mountain. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I would have no peace or calmness that fast down. A, well, uh, we've a seen snowy you mountain. on skis and snowboards. So you're right. There's yeah. no
0: peace there for any of us, Bree. But
1: for a lot of <laughs> for a lot of people right now with you know Ooh. the pandemic, what what do you do now to deal with? depression? What do you do now to
3: calm yourself and, and to kind of bring those peaceful moments? You know, it took a while. The pandemic I think was really good for me because, you know, it forced me to slow down and really, you know, take a step back and process, you know, my retirement from ski racing um, you know, to your point earlier, like skiing was my outlet, you know, it was my happy place. It was, you know, I could compartmentalize everything and, and, you know, put it all aside to be on the mountain and be totally at, you know, hundred percent at peace. And so when I didn't have that anymore, it was very difficult. And so I think, you know, during the pandemic, it was great to just reflect and, you know, do a lot of therapy and, you know, figure out, you know, where I wanted to go and and who I was and, you know, skiing has been such a huge part of my life, my entire life. And now it's gone. And, you know, it's, I almost to like mourn it like a loss, you know, mm-hmm. like, like someone died and um, it was a part of me that's no longer accessible, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I think I've learned now, you know, at this point to love being on the mountain in a different way, you know, it's thankfully it's no longer you know, an escape for me. In, in the sense that I'm escaping all of my emotional issues, <laughs> um, but it's just a place that I have fun with my friends and my family. And, um, and so, and so, yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting time, but it's been very good. And I, again, I'm in a really great place now. So oh,
1: I love, I love that. that. You know, I, I love too, when you said how, when you see on social media, cause I feel like social media consumes so Everyone nowadays, but when you oh, set on social media, time. when you see the negative comments, how sometimes you'll use those messages to learn, and if you don't learn anything from them, you kind of like oh whatever you you skip them. And I found that interesting because I'm someone, and Nicole, I feel like you're the same. We I try so hard not to look at comments because I'm like they always just feel evil. I'm like they always make me well, feel majority bad. Majority positive, lot of right? Great. There's a lot of positive, but, but you know those you one or two out. bad ones always stand out, and I'm like oh Bree, don't let it ruin your day, but. I was like, wow, it shows how much you own your social media comments. I mean, that has to be hard to do, right?
3: It's really hard. And I, I, I will say like, I'm in a great place now, but I've definitely wanted to clap back and I have clapped back a couple, a couple times, you know, sometimes it's hard, <laughs> but I feel like things, you know, I try to learn as much as I can, you know, from, from comments and from social media and I try to make it as positive as possible. But you know, there's always, you know, you guys know, there's always some things that really get under your skin and I'm like, mm. Damn, and I just, I got to write this person back cause they're so wrong. And I just, you know, want to silence them. But in the end, it always gives them more recognition than they deserve. You know, if I acknowledge them, then they've won. So yeah. I always try to just keep that in mind and, and, uh, you know, keep, keep myself impenetrable, which is difficult, but, um, you know, you gotta do that with social media. Cause there's so many haters and there's so much BS out there. Yeah, there is. I agree. You
1: know, and I'm always shocked. I'm like, I, I I, look at social media and I'm like, how did
0: just all the trolls come out? I'm like, how did this become a platform for trolls? The bravery trolls? thing. They, they get to hide behind a screen. It's That's true. It's people who are too afraid to say it to someone's face. And now they, in their mind, they've become a superhero.
1: Yeah. Well, you guys remember Jay and Silent Bob when they went through the comments and they would knock <laughs> on the door and punch the person in the face. Yeah. I, I always dream about that. I not dream, I do too. but I'm always like, you know, that would be really fun to be like at da da da. da oh yes, mm-hmm. and then be like, <laughs> but um, you know, I'll, that'll be my my mind movie and just <laughs> love yes. that. Well, Lindsay, we asked the Bella podcast listeners. They are so excited to have you on. So we're like sending questions. Um, what do you want to ask her? And we got some really great ones. So um, we picked out four from so many. And um, so the first question from our listeners, what was the hardest part of the book to put into words?
3: Um, I think my retirement, like the end of my career, cause it, you know, it's always so emotional. Um, and also the dedication to my mom, like those are the kinds of things that like really pull up the heartstrings. Um, and, you know, I, I felt like I kind of, I laid it all out there. And, and so for me, you know, that's a, it's really personal and, um, it was really tough to write, but I think it's some of those things I'd, i just write late at night, you know, and I didn't even edit it. I just wrote it down and sent it off and didn't think twice. And, um, so yeah, those are, those are, those are emotional moments for me mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Oh. It's
0: hard. Retirement's hard, and yeah. mamas are hard. It's they, yeah. you know. It's that when I even felt love. you, when you were
1: talking about your grandfather, and when you were sitting up on top of the mountain in Korea, when you were there for that the was, Olympics, yeah, that, that was, was like, I had tears because my sister and I we were very close to our grandfather too, and I could feel your love and your relationship with him, and how much he meant to you. And just the fact that you got that moment and Cree up on top of that mountain. I mean, I, it's like, I could visually, the way you wrote it, I visually could see it and feel it. And um, so I could imagine putting all that stuff in there was hard, but it, it all came out very beautifully. Okay. Question number two, what steps did you take to find a new purpose after you retired from skiing?
3: Uh, you know, like I said, I had a lot of reflection, um, you know, it, I had to, I thought it was fine. You know, I, for a while it was like, I'm, I've got this, you know, I set everything up, you know, business is great. I've got, you know, I had an Amazon show at the time, you know, I've got all these things going for me, but that didn't mean that I was happy and it didn't mean that I had processed the retirement. So I think it, it really took the pandemic for me to, you know, slow down and, and really reflect and, and, um, you know, I, I can't say there's one specific thing that was like the hardest about it. It was just mainly getting over it, you know, and accepting that it's gone and, and, um, being able to move forward. Uh, those, those are the hardest parts.
1: Mm-hmm. Question number three, what is one of your most cherished memories personally and professionally?
3: Uh, I mean, I think professionally it was definitely winning the Olympics. And that was, I think the culmination of my family's sacrifices and my sacrifices and just all the years of hard work since I was, you know, seven years old to, to get to that point, it was such an emotional and joyful moment. And I was so sad that it went by so quickly because you you, you work for so long and then it's gone in a blink of an eye, but it was, it was great. I always cherish it. And then I think, you know, it's great for me to be able to talk about my family. Um, you know, I, I had such a great childhood, you know, my family gave up so much for me, and so did my siblings. And I, you know, was really happy that I was able to put into words, you know, how much they've given, um, because they they never really get any credit, you know. So yeah. personally, that was great. Oh, yeah, that's cool. That's
0: awesome.
1: Do they now, like, now that you're retired, do you all live in Vale? Like, has it
3: <laughs> is, it like become home, or they're like, okay, like, now do you we have a <laughs> <we're 22>. Yeah. <laughs> uh no i mean i i so i live in utah now my dad and my okay. brother live in bale and um my other sister is married to an italian guy so they live in florence oh, uh, in Al- yeah they're not close um and then my other sister lives in la so we're kind of, we've always been spread out, but we've got that relationship with all of us that, um, you know, whenever we see each other, it's like, no time has passed and we're just always on the same page. So I'm lucky that I have a family like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's awesome. Gosh, Gosh family's family's so
3: everything
0: important.
1: it is. Okay. Question number four, the last one from our listeners. How do you motivate yourself to keep performing at such a high level after all of your success?
3: I am just a perpetual one-upper. You know, I, I, once I've won something, I want to win the next one. And, you know, especially if someone tells me that I can't, or, you know, they doubt me, you know, when I won my first overall title, people were like, Oh, you know, she's got, she's won one, she's going to relax and she'll never win it again. And I was like, Nope, I'm going to win it the next two years in a row. And, you know, so those are the kind of things that I always, that always drove me. Um, and you know, I, I don't think, the records really drove me until the very end of my career, because uh, I, I was just kind of focused on one race after the next and, you know, winning in all disciplines. And it's like, you know, just whatever the next goal was, I wanted to achieve it. Um, and you know, that's really great in professional life. It's not super awesome in uh personal, your personal life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it, you know, I think just being highly driven and, and constantly looking for the next, the next goal was always something that, um, that I had within me. Oh, that's, I mean, it, you know, I love because
0: who you are as a professional athlete, it's like, that's, I think why so many of us, especially on the athlete side relate to you, because I just feel everything you feel and you hit retirement. And at first you're like, who am I now? Like I was this person for so long and I still have, I think because of social media, they show us all the pics of the past. It's like, sometimes it's just so difficult. I'm like, can I just go yeah. relive that again? Or can I be her again? Um, I'd be that 28 year old girl.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I love when people send me pictures. I'm can like boobs, be the toes, yeah. <laughs> I'm 38 now. I don't yeah. look like that anymore. Well, I always get nervous you know when fans send me all this stuff. I'm like, yeah. I don't
0: look like that anymore. Yeah, I, know. I and they expect you to come out and just be the same. I'm like, whoa. I popped out a baby. Let's you know, <laughs> give me a little bit. Um, I dated someone actually. So you and I had a run-in. I was With the ESPYs, no, or something like that. Well, oh, the ESPYs. but way before that, when I was 19, yeah. I think 19. Do you remember Mark Frank Montoya, MFM? Yeah. Snowboarder. Yeah. So I dated him for two and a half years before he even started wrestling, before <laughs> like I even became Nikki Bell. How random. Because I think you both random. were on Monster, right? To get, I was on him. Red Bull, but
3: there was something um, that we were doing together. Like and yeah. it was the X games.
0: Because I think I was I, 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 or... feel like I was there. It was like a big shoot somewhere. And of course with snow. And I mean, I was so young. <laughs> it was like I trapped, <laughs> I would go everywhere with him for a while. But like that's like I I remember you from like when I was 19, 20. Like, how crazy is that? And then we ran into X Games or an no, X Games S- um, um, Space. I, remember, I that. remember that. Yeah.
1: Well, do you guys remember addicts. the magazine transworld Snowboarding?
0: <laughs> do they still have that? Was it yeah. transworld World? They didn't have that It was something
1: it was something like that
3: yeah, they
0: would do the skiing and surfing and
3: skateboarding yeah. right
0: well,
1: I, and' because we all are around the same age, and I remember all of us in our early twenties I mean, if you were in the skiing, snowboarding world and skateboarding world and surfing world, like it was on fire at that time, especially well, like I mean, no, everything was Const- on
0: fire on that time from X games. I mean, I think we all remember yeah. those parties. Like I've been on set with Travis Pastrana <laughs> right now, and like we were all the same age too, right? And we just talk memories at the fast and like wow, you know, that's when there was no yeah. videos on cell phones and like we just had a lot of fun, but I'm praying that like extreme sports kind of makes that come back. Because... I feel like it is. I feel yeah. like
3: it is. I mean, skateboarding is the Olympics now, you know, yeah. I, mean, mm-hmm. I think, I think snowboarding has always been pretty popular. And um, I mean, there's some, like a lot of good snowboarders that are coming up, like Chloe Kim and, you know, Sean yeah. is still there. So it's, I don't know. I, I still feel like there's a lot of interest there. Totally. Do, too. do you have like a soft spot
0: for like the extreme sports world? Like, do you just like always want to see them thrive? Or I don't know. Like, do you, do you get, I don't know why I always still feel so connected and I didn't even compete, but I, I, I dated and I partied and I did everything else and I just have a love for it. I don't well, know what it in is. World.
3: You're in that world. So I Which totally. is true, that. right? I'm a wrestler.
0: I stand yeah. up to let people kick my ass. I know that still baffles <laughs> people's mind. <laughs> we'll hang on to that thought because we're going to take a quick break and
1: we'll be right back.
0: Warning, things are about to get intense. I mean, Bree and I are talking like that intense moment when the room stops, maybe time stops, when everything might be going around you, but you're looking at that one person dead in the eyes or a maple donut and, <laughs> in our eyes.
2: today.
0: So many of us love coffee Mm and like the living for it type of love. Some like it hot, Welcome back to The Bellas Podcast. We have Lindsay Vaughn to talk about her book, Rise.
1: Well, Lindsay, we always love to end our podcast with just a little affirmation, inspiration. Mm -hmm. So what's kind of your mantra of 2022 or a quote that always sticks out to you?
3: Um... My mantra of 2022 is it's going to be way better than 2021. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited for this year. You know, I, I, I don't really have a mantra per se, but I don't know. I just think there's going to be so many great opportunities and, um, the world is our oyster, you know, we just got to go out and get it. Oh, yes. Yeah.
1: I love that. I love that. Amen. Sister. Is.
3: Yes, right? let's go
0: let's go get those oysters, right? yeah the world, yeah. <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Like we were truly honored that you came sure. on Breen. I think the world of you and just what you've done with women in sports and just being you. So if there was a and... Mount
1: Rushmore of women breaking barriers in sports, your head would be up there. With oh, that's and, right. Um, couple those big women.
3: It's too nice. I really yeah. appreciate yes, it. I really so. And to all the hard work definitely paid off.
0: Yeah. And to all the Bellas podcast listeners, please go get Lindsay's book, um, rise. You, obviously you just heard the conversation and you are thoroughly going to enjoy it. Bree, you read it in one setting. I mean, I literally read your book in one setting or one weekend. weekend. That's impressive.
1: Well,
3: When it's
0: a good story,
1: I can't put a book down. So I, um, I really loved it. Thank you. It was really inspiring. And really at the end of, um, the book, it, it left me with just like a lot of like inspiration, but also I was just like, Ooh, there was some really powerful words in there that I took with me that I was just like, okay, like, this is how, like, these are great things to go into 2022 with. So thank you for that.
3: Yeah. Thank you guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Sorry. totally. Well, hopefully
0: we all run into each other again. Brad, we'll all go Baby. get drinks together with Brad somewhere. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for coming on the podcast. It truly meant so much, not only to Brie and I, but our listeners. And next week we have another strong, strong female. I mean, she not only birthed Bree and I, <laughs> that makes her real strong, but she's overcome so much. So next week we have mama Bella on the podcast and it's going to be the first time that she's talked about what she overcame with brain surgery and other things she's been through since total Bella. So I'm so excited yeah. to have mama Bella on me too, to hear her journey and where she's at now. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. And we'll be able to dig in on, you know, she's being honored and So many things and also make sure to join us live on IG on Friday. Um, We've been doing this every Friday and I have to say, it's just, it's awesome, right? Bree? don't you just love it? I love it. And Nicole, we're going
1: to do it later on in the day, right? Because you're going to be making a flight into Phoenix. So when you guys IG on Friday, usually we do 9 a.m. Pacific time, but we're going to go a little later that day. So just stick with the Bella's podcast Instagram and we'll let you know on there what time we'll be going live at.
0: Yeah. And just again, everyone, thank you so much for supporting the show. It means so much for Bree and I, and please just continue to share the show, tell all your friends, repost the clips on IG and Facebook. Like, share, all of the above, right? Thank you all. I'm creepy.
2: Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work, tasks are taking forever to complete, and getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers, 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One. Because your business is one of a kind.